Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Hey, Dad. So I, I've, I've been uh, got a question for you, and I think it's probably been a, a question that has been asked throughout the ages, but I feel like we can probably get it solved in the next 18 minutes here. You should be able to. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> does God want us holy or does he want us happy? That's the question. Or let's, okay, hold on. Let's qualify the word happy first. Okay. Joyful. Because, you know, oh, yeah. that word gets hung up a lot. Like, yeah. I don't think we're called to be happy, but we are. I mean, we're commanded to be joyful, like, which is, if you think about it, that's kind of a rough command. Romans 12, it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Like it's, uh, I remember John Piper saying that one time, we're commanded to be joyful. Count it all joy when yeah. you fall into diverse temptations and trials. So it seems that, I kind of wonder if Christians aren't the only ones who make a big distinction between joyful and happy, though. I mean, hmm. I mean, I, I understand it, and I've even used it. Well, I mean, but come on. I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about that. He says you're not always going to be happy. If if happiness is the goal of your life, then you fail every time you're not happy because you're not always happy. Right. But you can feel a sense of of hope and peace and essentially joy. I think that's how we define joy: is that that inner stuff, yeah, peace that's going on despite what may be going on around you. Which I think is probably a big part of the argument versus the semantics thing, right? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, people have gotten in trouble uh, for saying God wants you happy. Right? Oh, how can you say that? He wants you holy, my brother. Yeah, you remember a few years back, uh, Victoria Osteen, this big kerfuffle <laughs> about her saying that uh, worship God for for who he, or for, uh, not for, or don't worship God for yeah. him, worship him for yourself because... He wants to to bring you happiness, and and everybody's like, "What the what?" Like, no. Nah. And I was thinking, man, yeah. actually, that's incredibly profound. If John Piper would have said it, everybody yeah. would have been like, "Whoa, dude, that's mind blowing." Especially if he said it with a British accent. Yeah, right. Then it would have really been impressive. Because if you think about it, God doesn't need our worship. Right. We benefit from worshiping because it's putting Him in right place, which is essentially what she was saying. Yeah. But it, they heard the word, you know. Uh, don't do it for God, do it for you, if nothing else. And you're like, yeah. well, okay, I get it. But I I understand what she was saying, but it's the same thing she said, things like, God wants you to be happy. And yeah. no, he doesn't, he wants you to be holy. Well, are they mutually exclusive? I don't think so. In fact, I kind of think happiness might be a either a byproduct or an aspect of holiness. Explain. Uh, well, um, I... I there's this J.I. Packer who by no means would be considered a liberal or a um, feel-good preacher. <laughs> He's not a name it, claim it guy. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, definitely yeah. not. And he said the way to be truly happy is to be truly human, and the way to be truly human is to be truly godly. Which I first read that and I go, oh, I don't know, truly be, human being truly godly. That sounds like one of those mystical sayings that you're like, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. That but. must be too deep for me to understand. So, whoa. <laughs> so it must be true. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> I don't know what in the world he's talking about. So it's got to be true. Uh, but I think I think what he's saying is that, you know, we, we think of to be truly human in the sense of this is how God intended humans to be rather than the way humans are is to be godly. That is how God designed us to be, to be God-like. And that is what the goal of this life is, is to become more conformed into the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So to be truly human, the way God designed us to be, is to be more and more godly, more and more like him. And, there, you know, there's some scriptures, too, that talk about um, happiness. Uh, Timothy, um, Paul, said something to him when he was talking to the rich. He says, uh, don't let the rich uh, trust in their riches or be haughty about it. And, 
And don't let them put their hope in uncertainty of riches. Instead, put your hope in God who has given us everything to enjoy fully. Mm. And of course, Jesus talked about have come to give you life and life abundant. And so well, that verse it's two. not opposed to happiness by any means. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart, which I think is the ultimate question because everybody kind of falls on one side. Like the extreme would be called what would be like hedonism, right? Which is like living for yeah. pleasure versus asceticism, which is you shun all pleasures because all pleasures are bad. And you've always had the extremes throughout history of that. I think that's why John Piper was so jolting with his book, Desiring God, where he talks about Christian hedonism. Like we're yeah. made for joy, but it's the right it's the right kind of joy. That's interesting because you know, C.S. Lewis, he says, one of his quotes is he has, joy is the serious business of heaven. Mm. Um, and he talks mm. about in one yeah. of his, one of my favorite books of his, it's actually a series of sermons called The Way to Glory, where he talks about, he says that God finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. He says we're 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 happy to he says so we're basically happy to play in a sandbox when God's like I want to take you to vacation to the sea and you're like yeah but my sand is right here he's like yeah. no you don't even know sand let me show you sand <laughs> and so the challenge is is like recognizing that maybe there is a joy and a pleasure that's beyond what you think and but yet at the same time there's this again there's this asceticism that has value um, and but I don't know do we need to bring do we need to practice asceticism to truly find joy? Is that how it works? Uh, Asceticism meaning uh, willingly pushing away uh, desires and things like that. So make yourself as miserable as possible so that you will find true joy. That sounds like an Eastern statement. In misery, you shall find true joy. Grasshopper. <laughs> you think? I mean, well, and you don't really, I'm trying to think of Bible verses. Sounds but, pretty profound. I mean, it says it? we rejoice in our sufferings. Well, and a merry heart does good like medicine. It builds us up and encourages, you know, in other words, you things are going to go better if you're happy in life rather than if you're just always mumbling and grumbling about things. It's, it's Your heart's going to be better off and it's just, there'll be more joy. And and that in that sense, even I was talking with somebody the other day, even about the Word of faith, they had been kind of hurt by talk about uh, what word of faith is the the confession, and you 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 create your own reality by speaking things into existence, and you don't dare say a, something that's negative. You don't dare say, "I'm sick," because oh, then you will be sick. You don't confess mm. that. Instead, you you are well, but you have the symptoms, <laughs> which I think is kind of goofy. I'd rather be sick and not have symptoms than be well yeah. and have symptoms. But anyway. anyway but they had been kind of hurt by that. And I said, but you know, the point is there's some truth in that, in that if you just go around speaking joyfully, looking for the brighter side of life, things do tend to go better. And even when things are bad, they're not as bad as if you're always moping. You know, the Eeyore syndrome, oh, it's a terrible day. It's probably going to rain. Well, even if it doesn't rain, you're miserable. Yeah. That's that. I mean, that's kind of that cryptic thing Jesus said, where seek and you will find people are like, what does that mean? Like, if you really think about what does that actually mean? Yeah. Well, you usually find what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. Kind of whatever you set your mind on, what you set your heart on, that's what you're going to find, which I guess applies to this joy thing too. Is yeah. If you're looking to find joy in whatever circumstance you're in, yeah. you're probably going to find it. Yeah. You, and, you know, again, what's that Victor Frankl quote where uh, misery or suffering tends to not be so miserable if you find a purpose in it? Yeah. So in some way, suffering ceases to be suffering the moment oh, it finds its meaning. Such you're so good at memorizing sacrifice. those. Yeah, it's, a yeah. quote, it's a quote in the new book, Connecting the Dots. So I've, oh, okay, I've, okay. I've, I've used it many times. I'm real good at paraphrasing and making them up, yes. you know? 
Well, somebody said this at some time. Maybe well, me. When you actually have to find the reference for it and like make sure that person actually said it, you yeah. in a book because you can't just reference something. You're like, I think a guy once said, you know, yeah, Socrates said. No, yeah, it's, yeah. You find out it was actually uh, the wife of uh, Roosevelt's of wife, Roosevelt. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt. Roosevelt. She gets credited with so many things. I go, yeah. man. I think she even intervened invented the internet at one point in time, Eleanor Roosevelt, I don't know. So where does asceticism come in? Because I, it seems like there are, I don't know, maybe there's seasons where God calls us to pull back on something for well, this, you know, sacrifice it. Um, there is a time for every season under heaven. You know, there's a time to rejoice and a time to mourn. There, there, yeah, there is a time and God sometimes will call us to times of sacrifice and uh, sometimes it's voluntary. Sometimes it's involuntary. Sometimes he just seems to jerk something out of our hands that we've mm. you know been holding on to um and and it hurts sometimes I, I think one of the mistakes we make though and this may be our little god complex we all have is that we oftentimes will think that because we're more ascetic or we are yeah. sacrificing more we think we're holier yeah. and we don't you're never going to say it probably out loud well, of course not but you think oh those people over there living so wild and free and look at and sometimes we even get a little resentful because we're we're doing something that we think is pleasing God. Yeah. Um, and that's a it's a real dangerous place to be in where you start to go, well, I'm I'm ho-. it's the the classic holier than thou. You don't say it, but oftentimes when maybe we we feel like we're making a sacrifice that maybe God asked us to make or he didn't. But I I don't think we're supposed to when you're when you're not doing it joyfully, yeah, then and you're seeing and you're being resentful of others who aren't doing it there's probably something out of balance there. Well, what is better than sacrifice? Uh, mercy is, obedience is better than sacrifice. You got it. Yeah, right. Obedience is better than sacrifice, yeah. Mercy is too, I would say, yeah. but uh, yeah, obedience is better than sacrifice. So if That's Jesus that said that, right? Uh, obedience is better than sacrifice? Nah, I believe that was Samuel or, it's in that, it's in it's in the Old Testament, one of those. Six, oh, that's or, right, because it was yeah. a story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where Saul had was going to offer the, yeah, yeah. We kept these back because... We're going to give them to God. And Samuel said, nah, it's better to obey God than to... Yeah, God had said, destroy everything, right? Uh, all the animals Malachites. and everything. And he held some back. Mm-hmm. And then... Oh, and whether he was really going to offer... And and when Samuel came and said, did you, did you obey the Lord? And he goes, oh yeah, I did. He goes, well, then what's... Yeah, what's I hear this, some animals here. He says, what's this bleeding of sheep I hear in my yeah. ear, ear? Bleating of and sheep. He said, yeah. Oh, and whether he was really planning on this or he just kind of came up with a quick one. Uh, oh yeah, we were going to bring those to offer to the Lord. That's where he says, sacrifice. That's right. And he says, has the Lord, uh, well, that's the King James Version here. Yeah. Hang on, let me see ESV here. And Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen to the fat of rams. So it's that that I, that I classic, I mean, that's a classic picture of humanity there right there. We oftentimes do things that we think is going to be pleasing to God. Yeah. And, and you know, if we, uh, I mean, Jesus even talks about that where he's like, these Pharisees, they do this stuff and they've contort their face when they're fasting mm-hmm. so that everybody knows, oh, they're so holy and sacrificing. He's like, God gets no kick out of that. Like that doesn't bring any value to the table in terms of your relationship with God. Yeah. But it's a it's something in us. It's this classic thing where uh, we think holiness is I w- I would call it religion. Ah, okay. Yeah. Because religion, you know, religion is what we do to try to please God. Mm-hmm. And relationship uh, Christianity is what God has done to make us pleasing to him. Mm-hmm. It's what he has done. And religion is us trying to somehow make that better, earn his earn his pleasure, earn his approval. 
And we can't do that. And that's what it means in the Old Testament when, when uh, I think it's in Isaiah, he says uh, uh, that your good works are like filthy rags in the sight of the Lord. And you go, what? But, but it, didn't he create us for good works? You know, Yeah, but he created us for good works that were prepared ahead of time, those works of obedience. Right. So they flow out of something rather than for, flow trying to get something. Right. Yeah. And because the thing is, if it's a good work based upon I am trying to please God more, then what you're doing is saying the work of Jesus wasn't enough. And that's why it's a filthy rag to him. That's why it's a despicable, disgusting thing to him. Because you're saying the work of Jesus wasn't enough. I'm going to do a little more to make God even happier with me. And that's that's despicable. That's just, well, disgusting in the sight of the Lord. Because, well, as you probably know, we've mentioned before that that word filthy rags, it really speaks of menstrual rags like women used to use during their menstrual. I mean, that's Ugh, about yeah. as disgusting as you get, you know? That's... that's uh. That's interesting because that idea of it flowing out of it kind of it fits back with this asceticism versus like holy or happy. Like happiness really will flow out of holiness, even though it seems like sometimes holiness requires restraining yourself. Yeah, it reminds me of something that uh, somebody was talking to um, David Livingston, who was a missionary in Africa, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, Mister Livingston, the sacrifices you made for the Lord," and he. He goes, I, I never made a sacrifice. He's like, man, yeah. I felt so fulfilled in doing what I was called to do. And there's this element of when you're truly doing it with for the right motives, there yeah. is a joy that flows even from the sacrifices that you have to make. Yeah. Which is yeah. maybe where you can check your heart is, are you feeling resentful about the sacrifices you're making? Then yeah. why are you actually making them? Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's it's kind of a jolting reality sometimes because I know a lot of people that... um they really think that their their sacrifices are, are really setting them apart. And then when people don't honor that sacrifice yeah. they've made <laughs> and look at them and, you know, they treat them like, you know, I'm a servant. And then when they get treated like a servant, they're like, yeah. well, what, what, what? You're supposed to recognize how, what a humble servant I am. And yeah. maybe you need to check your heart on that. Give me the humility badge that I can wear around. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're doing it, uh, I mean, I've had people say that to me. They're like, I just can't believe the things you, the traveling you do and the, the mission work and stuff. You, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I love doing that. Yeah. Like, it doesn't require any amount of, I don't even see it requiring holiness. It's just something that I love doing and I get fulfillment in doing that. And I think there's something in each of our lives that yeah. when we do it in obedience, yeah, there's stuff you got to give up for it. Always. But there's... The, the upsides are, yeah. are so such a blessing. That's where I am. I I just have to say, I don't know that we've ever been able to really sacrifice for the Lord. We've tried several times. We mm. thought it was a sacrifice to do this. We thought it was a sacrifice to do that. But every time when you step into it, you see that, wow, what God has given back just in, you know, it's the old story of God will not be a debtor to you. Yeah. And when you try to give up something, he just blesses back in return more and more. And what you could expect. And there, and there is a joy that comes with it. And again, yeah. you know, there we've had some rough, um, some slept on some beds that weren't, I wouldn't say I was happy sleeping on those beds yeah. with, I'll never forget one time I was in Africa and I woke up and looked to my right and there were two rats looking at me. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I turned to my friend Ernest and he's like, don't worry, they won't bother you. And I was like, <laughs> Ernest? And he's like, no, and I, like, I could feel them crawling over my sleeping bag at night, right? <laughs> I wouldn't say I was happy in that moment, but it was pretty adventurous and I felt this joy about it. And some people say, well, I could never do that. But when you're walking in what God's called you to do, yeah, I feel like there's this grace that he gives you for the sacrifices you have to make in the moment. If again, you're doing it for the right motives, if you're doing it to make yourself 
stand out as some, yeah. you know, special, you know, human being that's just God's gift to the world of sacrifice, then I don't think you're going to find yeah. that joy. Well, like for instance, too, we've got a good friend of ours who is the chief financial officer at C10. She loves working on books and taxes and all and banking and money and invest. I'm going, oh, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, talk about the sacrifice yeah, she's got to make. That's yeah. a sacrifice. But to her, it's not. She yeah. likes it. And so, as you say, when you're walking in what God has for you and the giftings he has and in obedience to where he has you to go, there is a joy that goes with that. It, it may not always be, may not always be grinny and happy face all the time, but there is a, a joy. And I think for the most part, there is a happiness that goes with it. I like what I'm doing, you know? Mm. And that's because there is that grace that comes with it. Grace is kind of like oil that lubricates the gears. Mm-hmm. You take that grace out and all of a sudden, and and that's how God sometimes ca- tells us it's time to move. Yeah. You're going along and everything's going good and you're right where you're supposed to be. And boom, all of a sudden it starts grinding and there's, and you just, everything's not working well and you don't know. Could be that the Lord's removing the lubrication, that grace, so that you'll, be ready to move to something else. The old eagle, which in, eagle it, story. which in itself is grace. I, I got a, I got some comments from the first people that read connecting the dots where I talk about it as like, my dad calls it the grace lifting. And they're like, Whoa, Whoa, the grace lifting. Whoa, God. I'm like, okay, the grace shifts, let's say. Uh-huh. So it's a grace that he's giving you to get out of a situation. He's making it so miserable for you yeah. <laughs> that you're going, I got to get out of here. But it's him preparing you, say, uh, so you're not looking back and going, oh, remember the days of slavery in Egypt, how great they were? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, uh, I would, yeah, I agree with that. Like the grace kind of shifts. That in itself is his grace, making it hard for you in this season so that it's maybe a little easier to move on and not look back and... W- w- Pine for the days of yore. Yeah. So. And, and many times too, because the next thing ahead, you don't know what that is. So all you can see was what you're missing. Yeah. You know, all they could see was the leeks and the garlics of Egypt, you know, and all that stuff. They couldn't see what God had for them in the land that was to come. So does God want you happy or holy? I guess the answer is both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And one tends to flow, uh, one tends to flow out of the other. I said, don't choose one over the other. Let's do both. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.